Hello, and welcome to episode 44 of the Dose of Joy podcast. I'm your host, Joy Huber, and I'm a stage four young adult lymphoma cancer survivor. As someone who's been there through a cancer diagnosis, years of chemotherapy, and side effects, including total hair loss, I'm here to guide you and your loved ones through cancer. Thanks for listening to this podcast, and thank you for sharing this podcast with others you know who are also facing cancer. I mentioned I'd be sharing an important announcement in this show, so I want to get to that first. I may be ending the podcast at the end of next month, as I've done this for a year come October, dropping an episode every single week with just a couple of exceptions for over 10 months. It's a lot of work to single-handedly decide the show focus, research for helpful information to present, record, do some light editing, and check the track before guiding it through the upload. Not to mention posting on the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page multiple times a week with links to specific resources highlighted in the show. I've done it all because I really want to help a lot of other people through cancer after I have been there personally. I'll be making a decision in the next month. So if you want the show to continue, I want to hear from you. Chip into the Patreon to support the show and spread the word to others you know who are also facing cancer so we can get this show to even more individuals and continue it. August is Appendix Cancer Awareness Month, and that's the focus of today's show. Let's start off by learning a bit more about the appendix. This information comes from cancer.net. The appendix is a pouch-like tube that is attached to the first section of the large intestine or colon. The appendix averages 10 centimeters, about 4 inches in length. It is considered part of the gastrointestinal, or GI, tract. Generally thought to have no significant function in the body, the appendix may be a part of the lymphatic, exocrine, or endocrine systems. Appendix cancer occurs when healthy cells in the appendix change and grow out of control. These cells form a growth of tissue called a tumor. A tumor can be cancerous or benign. A cancerous tumor is malignant, meaning it can grow and spread to other parts of the body. Another name for appendix cancer is appendiceal cancer. A benign tumor means the tumor can grow but will not spread. 
There are different types of tumors that can start in the appendix, and primary appendix cancer is cancer that starts in the appendix. Primary appendix cancer is very uncommon, affecting about one to two people out of every one million people. It is more common among people between 50 and 55 years of age. Now I'll share about risk factors. A risk factor is anything that increases a person's chance of developing cancer. Although risk factors often influence the development of cancer, most do not directly cause cancer. Some people with several risk factors never develop cancer, while others with no known risk factors do. Knowing your risk factors and talking about them with your doctor may help you make more informed lifestyle and healthcare choices. The cause of appendix cancer is unknown, and no avoidable risk factors have been identified. These factors may raise a person's risk of developing appendix cancer. Age. The only consistent risk factor for various types of appendix cancer is increasing age. Appendix cancer is rare in children. Sex. Neuroendocrine tumors of the appendix are more common in women. Now, what are the symptoms and signs of appendix cancer? Symptoms are changes that you can feel in your body. Signs are changes in something measured, like by taking your blood pressure or doing a lab test. Together, symptoms and signs can help describe a medical problem. Sometimes people with appendix cancer do not have any of the symptoms and signs I'm about to describe. Or the cause of a symptom or sign may be a medical condition that is not cancer. People with appendix cancer may experience these symptoms or signs. Appendicitis, which is inflammation of the appendix. Fluid in the abdomen. Bloating. Pain in the abdomen or pelvis area. Increased girth or size of the waistline with or without a protrusion of the navel belly button. Changes in bowel function or infertility, which is the medical inability to have a child. If you are concerned about any changes you experience, please talk with your doctor. Your doctor will ask how long and how often you've been experiencing the symptoms in addition to other questions. This is to help figure out the cause of the problem called a diagnosis. In addition to a physical exam, the following tests may be used to diagnose appendix cancer. Biopsy. 
A biopsy is the removal of a small amount of tissue for examination under a microscope. Other tests can suggest that cancer is present, but only a biopsy can make a definite diagnosis. A pathologist then analyzes the samples. A pathologist is a doctor who specializes in interpreting laboratory tests and evaluating cells, tissues, and organs to diagnose disease. However, most often, appendix cancer is found unexpectedly during or after abdominal surgery for another reason. If cancer is suspected at the time of surgery, the doctor will remove a portion of the colon and surrounding tissue called a margin for examination. Often, a patient will have an appendectomy, which is the surgical removal of the appendix. This is usually done for what is first thought to be appendicitis, and the cancer is diagnosed after the pathologist has processed and reviewed the tissue under the microscope. In that case, another surgery may be recommended to remove another margin of tissue around the area where the tumor began, depending on the type of appendix cancer, such as a neuroendocrine or adenocarcinoma tumor, and size of tumor if it is a neuroendocrine tumor. Appendix cancer may also be discovered by accident when a CT scan is done for another reason. Computed tomography, a CT or CAT CAT scan. A CT scan takes pictures of the inside of the body using x-rays taken from different angles. A computer combines these pictures into a detailed three-dimensional or 3D image that shows any abnormalities or tumors. A CT scan can be used to measure the tumor size. Sometimes, a special dye called a contrast medium is given before the scan to provide better detail on the image. This dye can be injected into a patient's vein or given as a pill or liquid to swallow. Magnetic Resonance Imaging, or MRI. An MRI uses magnetic fields, not x-rays, to produce detailed images of the body. MRI can be used to measure the tumor size. A special dye called the contrast medium is given before the scan to create a clearer picture. This dye can be injected into a patient's vein or given as a pill to swallow. Ultrasound. An ultrasound uses sound waves to create a picture of the internal organs. Biomarker testing of the tumor. Your doctor may recommend running laboratory tests on a tumor to identify specific genes, proteins, and other factors unique to the tumor.
This may also be called molecular testing of the tumor. Results of these tests can help determine your treatment options. Radionuclide scanning. These tests are used for neuroendocrine tumors and not other types of appendix cancers. Radionuclide scanning. A small amount of a radioactive, hormone-like substance that is attracted to a neuroendocrine tumor is injected into a vein. The amount of radiation in the substance is too low to be harmful. A special camera is then used to show where the radioactive substance accumulates. This procedure is useful in detecting spread of a neuroendocrine tumor. After diagnostic tests are done, your doctor will review the results with you. If the diagnosis is appendix cancer, these results also help the doctor describe the cancer. This is called staging. Treatment options and recommendations depend on several factors, including the type and stage of cancer, possible side effects, and the patient's preferences and overall health. Your care plan may also include treatment for symptoms and side effects, an important part of cancer care. Take time to learn about all of your treatment options and be sure to ask questions about things that are unclear. Talk with your doctor about the goals of each treatment and what you can expect while receiving the treatment. These types of talks are called shared decision-making. Shared decision-making is when you and your doctors work together to choose treatments that fit the goals of your care. Shared decision-making is particularly important for appendix cancer because there are different treatment options. Surgery is the removal of the tumor and some surrounding healthy tissue during an operation. It is the most common treatment for appendix cancer. Most often, appendix cancer is low-grade and therefore slow-growing. Often, it can be successfully treated with surgery alone. A surgical oncologist is a doctor who specializes in treating cancer using surgery. Types of surgeries for appendix cancer include an appendectomy, which is the surgical removal of the appendix. An appendectomy is often not the surgery performed to treat this kind of cancer. Instead, it is more typical that patients have an appendectomy for appendicitis, and then when the tissue is sent to the pathologist, cancer is discovered. If the pathology analysis finds a neuroendocrine tumor and it is small, less than 1 or 2 centimeters, then the appendectomy may be enough to remove all of the cancer. However, if the neuroendocrine tumor is larger 
or has aggressive features or if it is not a neuroendocrine tumor, such as an adenocarcinoma or a goblet cell carcinoma, then a second operation to remove more tissue will likely be necessary. Hemicolectomy. For a neuroendocrine tumor larger than 2 centimeters or appendix cancers that are not neuroendocrine, a hemicolectomy may be recommended. This is the removal of a portion of the colon next to the appendix. Removal of nearby blood vessels and lymph nodes is often done at the same time. A right hemicolectomy is surgery performed on the right side of the colon. Even though a large amount of the large intestine is removed, the operation usually does not result in the need for a colostomy or stoma, which is an opening in the abdomen through which the bowel contents are emptied into a bag. Debulking surgery. For later stage appendix cancer, debulking or cytoreduction surgery may be considered depending on the type of appendix cancer and if there is only spread in the abdominal cavity. In this surgery, the doctor removes as much of the tumor bulk as possible, which can benefit the patient even though it will not remove every cancer cell from the body. Sometimes debulking surgery will be followed with chemotherapy to destroy remaining cancer cells. When the tumor produces mucus, much of the bulk of the abnormal tissue often is not cancer, but is due to accumulation of the mucus. The mucus looks like jelly, and this condition may be referred to as jelly belly. Removing the mucus from the abdomen can often relieve a patient's bloating. Removal of the peritoneum. Some surgeons recommend aggressive surgery to remove the peritoneum, the lining of the abdomen, in order to remove as much of the cancer as possible. This type of surgery is also called a peritonectomy. Not all surgeons agree that extensive surgery like peritonectomy is necessary in people with slow-growing, low-grade appendix cancer that has spread beyond the colon to involve other areas of the abdomen. In patients with a very slow-growing tumor, peritonectomy can be effective in removing the majority of the cancer cells. This can benefit the patient by reducing the amount of cancer, even if it does not remove every cancer cell. However, it is a difficult operation that can have significant side effects. The doctor will consider many different factors, such as the patient's age and overall health, before recommending this extensive surgery. Patients should talk with a specialist with expertise in this type of procedure beforehand. 
Before surgery, talk with your healthcare team about the possible side effects from the specific surgery you will have. It's time to wrap up today's episode of Dose of Joy, and I still have a lot of helpful information to share with you. Come back next week for the final part. You can email the show at doseofjoypodcast at hotmail.com with a speaking request if you'd like to have me bring joy, literally and figuratively, to your upcoming event for patients, survivors, or medical staff. You can suggest me to your cancer treatment center as a speaker for any upcoming events they are planning. Don't forget to like the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page to plug into the regular post where specific links to resources highlighted in the show are shared. Until next time, I leave you with my heartfelt wish for a joy-filled life. I'm gonna laugh and I'm gonna cry. The world is waiting here for me. I can do more than just survive. I wanna see how far I can go. Watch me put my Oh